0: It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: Element, Element, Element
0: FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And of course, you can also listen on the iHeartRadio app if you download the app, and then uh, you can... Actually listen anywhere you go. Take us with you anywhere you go. You can also listen online and you can also listen to our previously recorded interviews and conversations on our SoundCloud, which are also broadcast on other podcast platforms. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome to the show Howard or Howie Davis. He is a mixed media artist. His art, like his DNA, is mixed. He has worked in directing, design, visual arts and performance for some of Canada's leading arts organizations, including the CBC, as well as the Illuminato Festival, the Stratford Festival of Canada, the Canadian Opera Company, the National Centre for the Arts, the Shaw Festival and the Black Theatre Workshop. Uh, his works explore race, gender, Orientation themes, telling stories relegated to the peripheries of history while blurring lines between theatrical mediums synthesized from many art forms. His career highlights include assistant directing at the National Arts Centre and at Canadian Opera Company's production of Harry Summers' Louis Real for Canada's sesquicentennial celebration and i could go on that's we could take up the whole uh conversation here with with howie uh, just on his, his celebrations and and the wonderful things that he's been able to do but specifically we're here to talk with him today about his film mixed up and i had the pleasure of seeing this film and it was brought to my attention because you know there's two things that are fascinating first of all his film is fascinating and we're going to talk about that but it it was brought to my attention through what is the uh, Caribbean Windrush Film Festival and I had no idea why it was called the Windrush Film Festival and Mm. I went and did a little bit of research on that and uh, so Howie first of all welcome to the show and congratulations
1: oh my gosh thank you so much for having me
0: Now I have to tell you as you just heard me say about the Windrush uh generation and, and the Windrush uh film festival Caribbean Film Festival uh which is in the UK and um it has to do with the Windrush generation that was brought over and the 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 uh the immigrants from the Caribbean that were brought over in the 19 late 40s I guess on a ship that was also named the Windrush
1: Yes yes you you've you pretty much nailed it on the head it, it was between um i want to say 1948 and the mm. 1970s where nearly you know half a million people moved from the caribbean to britain as you said because of the uh labor shortages yeah. mm. and um my it it was so funny that i didn't actually put two and two together until we uh, the festival reached out to us <laughs> and asked to screen the film and mm. i was like oh yeah my my grandfather is was part of that generation and um and it just seemed so fitting to have it play there and like talk about a way of honoring ancestry yeah like even though i'm not indigenous to north america there's this whole process has been a beautiful way of connecting to the past in a really potent way so i am I, I was very grateful that that festival asked to screen the film. It's yeah. so amazing.
0: Well, not only film it but that your film was uh, has won the By Blacks People's Pe- uh, people's choice award for best film in the in the Windrush uh, uh Caribbean Film Festival as well, correct?
1: Yeah. Well, that that's actually a, that was a that was a different award. Oh, it was okay, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we got the best feature doc mm-hmm. at Windrush and then earlier in 2020 um by Blacks is the uh, the largest black run organization magazine in in North America, mm. and they have a people's choice award and mm. and it was ridiculous that over four thousand people vote wow. and um and we were picked. Mm. I got best uh, best filmmaker
2: mm.
1: and um and it got best film, which mm. is just so so nice to. Have people react to a, a piece that's so personal, it's so vulnerable putting your work out into the world and then to, to hear back from folks. This is the best part of it is mm. hearing what people take away from it.
0: Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, When I watched this, uh, it was incredibly well put together, uh, really well written, uh, very, very uh, beautifully uh, put together, uh, you know, uh, from from both direction as well as the imagery and uh, some of the creative elements that you put in there about, you know, the very first image that you get to see. And I have to tell you that it, it didn't sink in on me initially until we got into the film exactly what you were actually showing us there. Oh, interesting! You know, because I went, oh, oh, you know, it's in, it's sped up, and we're seeing this, this almost like a caking or baking, I would say, to some degree, <laughs> as it look. Because I'm not sure what that is on your your skin. It looks like some oil that then starts to solidify, but take on a different color. And I was going, well, I wonder what that is, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, so now I get to see that, uh, exactly what you were talking about. And of course, that whole idea of mixed up in that film is exactly what you're talking about. Not only DNA, but your, your the heritage, the, the gender issues, all of those things. And you get to see... And, and speak with some amazing people throughout the whole process, but really explore your own history and your own upbringing. And, you know, there were so many things in there. And I encourage everybody to watch this because you won't, you will enjoy it. You won't, you won't want to stop watching it. it. It just keeps you interested throughout the whole process of, of watching this film. So, congratulations on, on this first. Oh, uh,
1: thank you so much. It's, it's really wild this process of assimilation Mm. that so many of us have gone through as people of color. Mm. And I think that that moment you're speaking to right at the beginning of the film was really a way of me, you know, jumping right into the metaphor of how Mm. often people will assimilate me as white Mm. when I am not just that.
2: Mm.
1: And that, that calcification you talk Mm. about was (laughs) actually, um, it was a mask. It was a, a face uh, mask, yeah. that I'm still recovering from. <laughs> I, it got very close to my eyes. And, oh yeah, it took about three hours to film. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then, as you said, it, it was sort of sped up, but right. it, was, it was a way of really, you know, personifying the experience of being locked in whiteness. Mm. And then that's not my reality. And then mm. as you see at the tail of the film, yeah. there's this cleansing of letting that go um, because I can exist as everything that I am. Yeah. And, but, but it's unfortunate that we live in a society that silos us as one thing mm. when we're not just one thing. Um, I'm sure you can attest to that too.
0: And, and you know the other thing is that i'm I'm surprised that this is still happening after everything we know, after everything we see, after everything we hear every day, and yet that is still happening and yeah. and, and it's, it makes you wonder why it makes you wonder how is that possible that those silos are still in existence, that we still are being categorized like that when so much right. so much information and so much has come forward you know around the, this whole idea, but you know this film speaks to your own personal experience but it speaks to so much more as well And i think that's what makes it so uh so interesting for almost anyone and, and you know there's a clip from one of the the people that you have in the film and they say you know the, they say it isn't just about you know whether it's it, it's a a race issue it could be a newcomer you know someone mm. that speaks a different language uh you know and, and i thought that that's really interesting and i think that's that's part of that familiarity that that people find in the in the film as well
1: mm. yeah talk about you know one thing that has connected us all but something that's divided us is the english language mm. and, and Alison wong who you're speaking about who says that in mm. the film you know she she's half uh, i think she's um H- chinese scottish yeah, yeah. And 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 this I love what she says in the film of how there's been no internal hierarchy in either of her identities, but mm, yeah. it's, it is society that that pits yeah. one against the other. And um, and I agree with you, it's unfortunate that it's still happening, but it does in racism and colorism and sexism. Like it's we are a culture of we love to categorize and I think it's innate in us as humans from childhood. Mm. You know, what is a circle? What is a square? We're we're constantly, we're constantly in a state of identifying a category. Mm. And, and I don't know what the answer is to that. Apart from my hope is that we can get past labels Mm. even, um, you know, and I do totally understand the importance of, of pronouns and misgendering people. I get that. I, I have my own nuance and intersections around that. Mm. But when people ask my pronouns, I just, I just say I'm Howie. <laughs> like, right? And I'm not trying to diminish those sure. that have, you know, that struggle with, you know, who are trans and who are um, non-binary. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, Diminish that at all, but yeah. it, but it's a really wild time that we live in.
0: Yeah. Until you had said a few moments ago about this relationship with Mixed Up and being shown at the Windrush uh, uh, Caribbean Film Festival, I forgot that. Yes, of course, your your parents and your grandparents would have been part of this because you were actually uh, born and raised in in Great Britain.
1: Yes, I was. Yeah.
0: So there's that connection. And of course, but then you know, your, your parents uh, moved you to Canada. So you have that connection to Britain and Canada. Um, yeah. and, and then, of course, you start getting into your own relationship. And you bring up very quickly in the film about the relationship between your parents and your marriage and mm-hmm. how they, they wouldn't accept that. And yet they had their own experience of unacceptance with their parents. And, and I thought, you know, that's really interesting.
1: Well, Yeah, there's sort of a, a meta irony to that mm-hmm. in a way that um, people that have fought against prejudice could enact that. And, yeah. it, and it's not, I, I want to preface, like it's not a way of vilifying my parents, yep. but uh, many people have said watching the film, it, it shows how human we are. Yeah. That yeah. that can be passed on. Mm. And, and I feel like, you know, the only way I could wrap my head around that is through this process of art, because it's cathartic to get these ideas out.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
1: so, um, but that's also one of the reasons why I I started calling this piece a love letter to both my parents, but ultimately my father, who, you know, has his own, um, he has his own journey he's going through and and, you know, we all, as kids, we all want our parents' approval. It's, I don't think that ever leaves us. Um, and I'm still navigating what that means. Because I think it was Eugene O'Neill that said, you can't actually write about your parents until they're no longer here. Yeah, right. So I, I actually broke a bit of a cardinal sin. <laughs> but, um, but it took a lot of bravery to um, talk about that, I think.
0: Mm. I really like the, the two things you just said there about, um, about human. You said, you know, being human. And I think that's what's really beautiful about this film. It, it, it feels very human, you know, if that makes sense to you. Um, okay. And that's- the other thing is that the, the, the love letter, because it is full of that. I, I really feel that watching it as well. So again, I'm going to tell people, please. Oh, Howie, where can people watch this, by the way, if they want to? <laughs> well, they can see it at the film
1: festival, right? They can see it because it's part of the Windrush Best Of Festival. Yeah, yeah. So it's playing um at the Windrush right now. It's it's playing in Seattle right now. Mm. It's soon to be um in we're having our Caribbean premiere in Mm -hmm. Grenada in November and Chile, South America. But if most people in Canada can watch it on um Out TV, Out TV Go, Mm -hmm. um, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, and it's also available in soon to be Australia and New Zealand. And you can go to mixedup.ca to find out all the information.
0: Well, how long has this been put together? When did you, when did you finalize it?
1: So I um, started writing it in about 2018 mm. and then was collaborating with Jack Fox. Shout out mm-hmm. to Jack Fox, my mm-hmm. co-producer. Yep. And, um, and when the lockdowns happened in 2020, I was like, I lost my jobs. <laughs> uh, and so I had this window of a March to June to mm. really consolidate all this old footage and um these interviews and my own animation that I because I edited the film as well. Right. Um and we I really wanted to release um when everything was happening with George Floyd, because mm. I, I delivered the film. In June of 2020, and it wasn't released until November. Mm. Um, And you know that that time period was so um, it was it was so like talk about the story that ricocheted around the globe. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And um, but you know I had to wait, and and I I guess there was a beautiful irony to uh, presenting the film on Remembrance Day. Mm. So we we the film went out on uh, broadcast TV and mm. last November and, and mm. we've been, it's been almost a year now of, um, of disseminating the film and, and we're actually talking to a distributor in the US, a, a couple of them, right. which is, is nerve wracking because that's such a big market, right. but um, you know, you've got to be brave. So
0: yeah. 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 You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. This is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest is uh, Howie Davis. He is a, uh, well, as I said off the top, he is a number of things. He's worked in directing, designing visual arts, performance, and uh, he has worked with some of Canada's leading organizations, including the CBC, Luminato, Stratford Festival of Canada, Canadian Opera Company, and the list goes on and on. It's a pleasure to have him on the show talking about his film, Mixed Up which is now uh, showing at the uh, Windrush Caribbean Film Festival Best Of which it won Best Documentary Film for and so it's a pleasure to have him on talking about that as well as other things and I want to move on a little bit to other things uh, Howie if that's okay because of the, the the amount of work that you do, my goodness, you're, you're in so many things. You have your hand in so many areas, uh, mm-hmm. performance, directing, still photography, uh, you name it. How did this all start for you? What was the first thing that you got interested in that you first, you know, dabbled in?
1: Well, I think the first... Um thing was always like musical theater was mm. a, a way a, an entry in mm-hmm. and um and then, as I was sort of um back and forth between the u k and Canada when I was in high school i I was very into art and um had an offer actually to go to Emily Carr, oh. which I turned down mm. <laughs> because i a graduate had said don't go study art because you'll you'll lose the love of it wow. and yet um ironically with the work i'm doing right now with black lives matter toronto Mm -hmm. i'm i'm currently an artist in residence with yes their wild seed
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: center and and i'm working with a lot of um muralists and artists and painters and and it's bringing that world back to me Mm -hmm. in such beautiful ways Mm -hmm. so you know, to go from musical theater to classical theater to film to photography, I like having that virtuosity of jumping between sure um, worlds. And and there are some some of my favorite artists do that too, like Kara Walker, who's a filmmaker and a sculpture, a sculpt I can never say that word. Sculptu- she, a sculptorist. <laughs> Is that right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, Kara Walker and, and Stan Douglas, who's, a, um, who's actually representing Canada um, at the Venice Film Festival next year. Mm. Um, you know, all of these artists that I love do the same thing. They, mm. they, they I don't want to say they float between, but they, they really eschew categorization. That's mm. why I say that mm-hmm. to folks when they, when they say, what do I do? I go, I don't want to be one thing because right? I'm not one thing.
0: Did you have a? Did you have a goal in mind about what you were hoping the film would do or achieve?
1: Um, yeah, I did actually, and and I've, I've I'll try and say this because I've said this quite a bit, so I'll try and say it in a different way. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I think the thing for me was because the mixed experience is so nuanced mm-hmm. and so individual mm-hmm. was really emphasizing that my my point of view is just that it's a point of view. And, um, and I'd also felt like other films I'd seen about being mixed were um, almost pandering to white people and sort of explaining our experience through the lens of whiteness. And, mm-hmm. and for me, I didn't want to do that and, you know, talk about, you know, when people say, if you want to be universal, you have to be really specific. And I was very uh, pointed about making this film for mixed people, not mm. for white people, mixed people. And, and, and it's amazing the reaction I've had from a number of people that have said how they've been able to see themselves mm. in my story. Mm. And, and that's, you know, one of the biggest takeaways I've had from the experience is mm is being able to be so specific in my own storytelling that it has opened up a mirror to folk. Mm. So that, you know, um, I don't know if I answered your question, but um, it's been very very humbling and wonderful Mm. to go through that journey.
0: I want to ask you this, though. Have your parents seen it?
1: They have, yes. And I, and I think um, you know they're they're still trying to figure out what I'm saying because oh, wow. my my mom you know naturally goes oh my god I I did I wanted the best for you how are you <laughs> like she she you know she's saddened that I've um, mm. opened up Pandora's box I guess in a way right and and I go no don't ever right. you know apologize or feel bad about that because yeah. I needed to go through this yeah. And, and and you know my um my dad doesn't really um we've yet to have a an in depth conversation about it because mm-hmm. he's not a man of many words right and um but I, I also you know as I say in the film you know I I I love him so much sure yeah yeah and um and like take the time you need but yeah. I needed to say this
0: yeah and, and I think again. <laughs> we get that sense from what you say in the film. It doesn't seem like you're coming down heavy on your parents for what they did or how they've treated you. It's more like you said, it's a love letter. It's a yeah. love letter to yourself. It's a love letter to them. And it's a love letter to everyone. That and let's be real.
1: Like I had a really fortunate privileged childhood.
2: Mm.
1: and um, but what I, what really stood out to me and sort of, reflecting looking at that old footage of myself which doesn't even i don't even see it as me it's so funny but it. it this whole my life so far has been a process of decolonizing myself mm, mm. in a really interesting way and and that's why i say you know at the end it's i can't remember the words exactly in that rap but um I, I say that it's an ongoing process. It's, mm. it's not like now I go, oh, I've got it figured out. Right. <laughs> it's not that at all. Right. I, I'm, I'm still inside of all of those contradictions yeah. when someone will say to me, oh, you're black? Oh, you don't look it. Right. You know, it throw, it, that can throw me into an existential crisis, but right. maybe not as badly now because I, I have my head screwed on a bit better.
0: now the the other thing i wanted to to ask about was in the film we get to see you going to your old home in england and -hmm. you knock on the door you want to and i'm wondering why what was that for what were you trying to do there
2: um
1: that's such a good question no one's asked me this um i think there's been this innate part of me that is always wondered what what makes a home is mm-hmm. it the foundations is mm-hmm. it the building or is it what's inside mm-hmm. and i think i you know because I, I took my i was in england before the pandemic filming mm-hmm. filming elements for the film and i i thought there'd be something calling me there mm-hmm. uh, there was something clearly that called me there because i walked right. across the city of Bath with my husband to that house. Yeah. And, and it was a, it was a funny realization of a, not being no one was home. Yeah. And maybe I'm overthinking this, but there was this beautiful poetic part of letting that part of my life go.
0: Mm, right.
1: And, um, and I think I even say in the film, like, thank God, my parents got me out of there
0: yeah I think you say something like that, but you know what i I agree with what you just said about this sense of release or or letting that part of you go because as you turn and walk away from the home, it's like this relief we get that relief i I, I felt that
1: yeah it's it's it, thank you for asking I've, no one's ever asked me that before
0: mm.
1: so i'm I'm sorry if I'm not no no, no, no if my thoughts are a little um <laughs> scattered, but it, it's it was a moment that I remember going, oh oh, I'm not supposed to open that door again.
0: Mm, interesting. I'm glad I stumped you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it!
0: <laughs> but Listen, we're almost out of time and I want to go to the end of your film. We were talking about this uh, just before um, uh, we started recording and, and, and it was, I love the end of the film because there's a, a person that you mentioned was at your wedding, uh, Janie Lazon, and, and I know Janie and I've interviewed her and i met her a number of times over the years. and. Uh, and and at the end of the film, she does this great little scene because we don't get to hear her throughout the whole film. And I thought, gee, that's weird. We don't get to see anything from Jenny Lizanne. And then there she is. She pops up after everything at the end of the film with this little scene with cards. Do you want to share that with us? Because I think it was wonderful.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I, because I couldn't interview people. Mm. I messaged my dearest and closest friends and said, mm. can you answer this question for me? What is the what is the biggest gift and the, right. the biggest struggle of being mixed? Yes. And Jani took her spin on it. And <laughs> and she has these, I, I don't want to say they're tarot cards. They're um, they're, they're cards that she has from yeah. a film that she actually produced called Just One Word. Mm. And each time she reveals a card, she sort of um identifies a part of her identity, her Finnish side, mm-hmm. her um, French side, her Métis side. And, and, and it's really, it's so Janney.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, so you, you, so you sort of have to wait till the end of the credits to see her. Um, yeah, she's, she's so, she's such a dear artist and friend and collaborator. And I'm so glad that she, she, she took my offer and, and, and spun it into her own original idea.
0: Yeah, and I think that she did a wonderful, uh, clever way of talking about how we play different cards, because I think she spoke to her own experience, but she spoke to so many other people's experiences as well.
1: Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give it away. Go no, no, something.
0: no. We won't talk any more about it. That's it. We're going to make sure we people get people go to see a uh, mixed up. And uh, as I said, you can see that at the Windrush Caribbean film Best of the Fest. And that is on until October 31st. Uh, if you go online uh, and also how you want to mention that uh, you, people can see it. Uh, also, I think you said on uh, uh, Apple, Apple uh, or Amazon
1: Prime. Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Out yep. TV right. and all those links are at the yeah. website mixedup.ca. Yep.
0: Right. All right, howie thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show though and uh, share this with us and and congratulations and all the best.
1: Thank you so so much.
0: All right, you take care. Bye. All right, bye-bye. And that is Howie Davis. He has won the best documentary film for his film Mixed Up in the Windrush Caribbean Film Festival, which you can see on the Best of the Fest if you go to that website. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking with him about the film Mixed Up. That is this portion of the show. Don't go away. We're going to be right back with more right after this, right here on Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: Element. Element. Element FM.
0: Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And of course, you can listen online. You go to our website, you can catch all of our previous interviews and conversations that we've had on our SoundCloud. You can also listen online through Element FM, and that's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show uh, director Trevor Mack, and we're here to talk to him about a film he uh, directed and it is entitled Portraits from a Fire. And it's a pleasure to have Trevor here on the show to talk about this film. It's a youth drama. And it's a film that is a, a terrible power of secrets that come full circle with modern twists, elements of magical realism, dovetailing with digital noise as the dead flash back to life via technology and supernaturalism. And I'm going to leave it there as I introduce uh, Trevor. And uh, Trevor, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, David. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And, and thank you so much. And you know, what? I, I was uh, the thing that grabbed me right from the start, which I was really, really uh, taken with, is the music. I love the music. The opening track is amazing.
3: Ah. Uh- that's right. Yeah. The music by, composed by my friends, Conan Karpinski and Andrew Dixon, um, it's just really great to be able to, for them to really gather the energy of, of mm. the characters. And, and, you know, I think that's huge, the, the combination of sound and mm. image, and especially music to, to set the tone, you know, of the ceremony they're about to experience
0: Mm. Mm. yeah yeah and i think you do a great job and they do a fabulous job of that so congratulations to you and them for that collaboration of of getting together and and doing this because i i was just like blown away uh by that uh by that combination of traditional and modern uh sounding music uh i hadn't heard it put together like that before i was really intrigued
3: uh yeah, it's, 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 it's that line of, you know, being able to, like, we have traditional music that is sung by a character. Mm. And then also at the same time, we also have, you know, music that's, that's, that let's say can be able, can be enjoyed and be recognized by, by the youth of our mm. communities mm. and also the youth of, you know, non-Indigenous communities. Yeah. And, and I think it was just something that, just came natural to to the development of of the sound of the film
0: yeah the actor who plays tyler tell me about him
3: uh the actor who plays tyler's is is my cousin william magnus Lulua, and so he's never acted in a movie before this is his first time doing any type type of acting other than you know your school plays yeah he we had auditions in Williams Lake and he came into the came into the audition room and he didn't even end up reading <laughs> any of the scenes. Well, we just ended up talking about like pizza and school mm. and in those conversations it's like, Oh, this is the kid, this is the kid. Yeah. Here he is. And yeah. because he was just himself. Yeah. And that's eventually ultimately what what we were trying to achieve in the film through the performances is just the truth of just who we are. And, you know, it's, it's, and I think that's what I enjoy about non-actors
2: mm.
3: It's just, it's so much closer to the truth, I think. And he did, he did an incredible, incredible job.
0: Yeah, he really did. And it, it captured on that, on, on the camera likes him and, and, and he has, yeah, like you said, it was just so natural. It, it really did not feel like he was acting. Uh, it felt like a self portrayal. you know It was so cool to watch uh, how that unfolded.
3: Yeah, you know we had, we had an acting coach, and you know we came out to our community, mm. and there was myself, William, uh, Pauline and uh, Sage, who was the acting coach. We kind of just sat and we, we went over the truth of ourselves and the truth of our own lives and Mm. what we've done in those experiences of of stress or anxiety or Mm. confusion Mm. and so a lot of that you know a lot of the stuff that tyler goes through as a character you know we 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 talked about that with each other and how we went through those same experiences or similar experiences in our own life
0: yeah yeah, and I was just going to ask you that if if you think that familiarity, both with with you, uh, that comfort level that you would have had with him, uh, helped him throughout the process of of staying uh, true to himself in, in this role.
3: Oh yeah, I think so. You know, we we're, we're you know we're we would always bug each other in the language and taishkotin with mm-hmm. that comfort mm-hmm. and you know just the comfort of. The comfort of knowing that you know we're from the same area, we we understand the same things, and we kind of communicating each other, communicating to each other in the same way. Whereas it would be different if you know somebody's from Vancouver, and and I'd be directing them. You know, mm-hmm. it's different having our own people directing our own people. Then mm-hmm. I think that's something that's something exciting. Looking at indigenous cinema in the future is is the directing our own people whether that's a narrative film or filming our own people whether it's Mm. a documentary
2: Mm.
3: what those images are right what those positive images are that we can show to our people you know the i think it's you know we we have a fine line that we as indigenous storytellers are are walking and and we have to really look at what type of imagery we want to show back to our people Mm. whether that's you know, do we want to show the dystopian futures and end of the world?
2: Hmm. St- hmm. Did I lose you?
3: Oh. We don't want that to be resonating. We want to show joy, abundance, laughter, like that's the resonance that we want our youth to be you know vibing with and and you know that's something that i'm I'm super excited for, super excited to to witness and be a part of.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now we've been talking about the main character, uh, but uh, actually, uh, you have an entirely uh, strong cast in in every uh, in every part of this. And um, the parts of the film that that are made to look like their home movies are they are they, was that stuff you shot yourselves to make it look like it was home movie, or is that all actually from somebody's home film? Because it's done so well, it's great.
3: Oh, no, uh, no, that was actually, that's all, that's all, that's all fake.
0: It's all, we all made it up. Wow, man. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. It's great stuff. When, that, when the mom, it looks into the camera, the newborn that she's holding and that, that they have. Oh my God. I'm going like, the look on her face is like so real. You, It's oh, almost yeah. like, how do you fake that? You know?
3: Pauline did an amazing job. Like we essentially, well, we essentially... I'm I'm only half kidding when I say that it's fake because we we just essentially gave Pauline or Gord or um, Tyler we just gave uh, them the camcorder and I was like uh. hey go record like go, go go record some stuff like where I would just give them a little bit of guiding and be like, okay this is kind of what we need like go record it and they would just be like all right cool they would go off and do it. And it would, it's just, and it is those natural moments. It's, it's, it, it's so fluid. Yeah. You know, it's so, it, it is, it's real within the context of
0: the container. Yeah. It made them feel uh, like one, they were in control. Like it was making a home movie, nobody there to direct them. Nobody there to, uh, to, to help Long They were just doing it on their own and that's exactly how it felt. It was great. No, nice Mm -hmm. job. Congratulations.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot. No, that's the performance of our actors who were just super grateful because you know we had this this spectrum of 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 non actors all the way to experienced actors who've been in with it for twenty five years, and it was great to be able to have the confidence to let them go do that on their own and kind of know that you know the ones with experience will kind of teach mm. a bit of the ones without experience, but. Those natural moments of the mm. actors without experience will keep the actors with experience on their toes mm-hmm. and, kind of, and go with it. And so, you know, yeah, as a first feature film, I'm super grateful to, to, ha- to be able to direct that wide range of, of experience.
0: Yeah, and you have this wonderful, uh, this, this wonderful range of generations uh, bo- both family uh, as well as community, whether they be family or or uh, friends or or new people that he finds, uh, like the guy that he finds on the top of the hill, uh, you know, who says he's been coming there for a long time as well, and uh, and knows something about uh, filmmaking. But then you bring in, these, you start the film with this whole idea of this science fiction element, and 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 it kind of is that thread that allows you to, I guess, bring in that. Super realism of where you you know where the characters are touching, for instance, a glove or or the character when he touches the screen, and and they're already all of a sudden transported into the real moment uh, of those events that are happening.
3: Yeah, you know, science fiction is interesting because I think we we this Western orientated mind thinks of science fiction as spaceships and aliens and outer worlds and different dimensions. But then there's an also another way to think of science fiction is like ancestors and mm. spirit and plant intelligence mm. and like and going within ourselves and then seeing the universe. and you know whether that's through meditation or plant medicine or fasting, there are there are dimensions that you can access, and there are intelligences that you can speak with. Mm. But you know these have been known for thousands of years with many cultures but you know i think the western orientated mind is now has communicated that through rocket ships and through spaceships and so that was kind of a little little funny thing to do but it was also like i grew up as well kind of playing this uh playing this video game too that i liked and mm. it's called halo and it was right <laughs> there was also you know this the first cutscene of the video game in halo i, I was right. like whoa i want to add that video game in the movie kind of like whoa how close can we do it without getting sued so you know it's also that
0: right right all those little fun things that you did And, and yeah it brings you into that and of course uh you know tyler is is aware of that and he talks about it in the film you you actually you know bring that in there um I want to tell people a little bit more, if I didn't mention this off the top, the the film that we're talking about, Portraits from a Fire, uh, directed by Trevor Mack, um, and uh, it, it won the Best Canadian Film Feature at the Edmonton International Film Festival. And it was honoured with the BC Emerging Filmmaker Award from the Vancouver International Film Festival. So congratulations uh, to Trevor on this and the great cast that he has in the film. I strongly encourage anybody uh, to uh, see this film uh, Locate it where it might be playing, uh, either online or, or at a festival near you or somewhere like that. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your past. How did your interest in developing this story and this, this film come about?
3: Mm, it's quite the story yeah it's you know i think it a lot of our decisions create who we are today so Mm, like you know you could say maybe every single decision that we've ever made has created the person who we are today and that's mixed in with this big bowl of soup that involves decisions and fate and luck and Mm. and i think um you know, a lot of the decisions that I was making leading up to an event that happened in 2016 were pretty unhealthy decisions in my relationship to alcohol. Mm. And I had just, you know, I had my Etsu had just passed away, my grandmother. Mm. And before that, I competed in the Red Bull Crash Ice World Championships for six years. Mm. And also, I was traveling around the world with my films, and I was getting lost in those worlds. Mm. And I was getting lost, and you know, uh, inadvertently numbing numbing things with alcohol. And Mm. I was assaulted and mugged in 2016, which led you know me to have my jaw wired shut for three months. And Mm. you know, the help of my aunties, helping really helping me out in that in that time, I'm really grateful for. And then when I was laying in bed with my jaw wired shut you know i realized that wow all like really sitting and laying with those decisions that i made mm. and being responsible and acknowledging those decisions but then also seeing these decisions were were also like intergenerational like the decisions that my parents made also affect me and the decisions their parents made also affect them and so beginning to understand what intergenerational impact i guess is so you know the film then just collaborating with writers and just getting all the raw emotions out onto the paper and then collaborating in that process to finesse those raw emotions and in my healing journey after my jaw injury you know i found plant medicines Mm. sacred plant medicines, psychedelic plant medicines Mm. and i grew my own psilocybin mushrooms for four months and that really helped me that really healed me that process of tending to these
2: Mm.
3: beautiful fungi but also the amount of love that they showed to me
2: Mm.
3: something that i never felt before Mm. And so when I got to feel, wow, there's that much love that exists and there's not like a limit, we can't run out of love. (laughs) I began to see myself in a different way, my family, and then also the film in a different way. And then so at about four months before we were going to film the movie, I was like, no, we have to change the whole movie. (laughs) And so we wrote an entirely new movie and... And that whole process is just about loving uncertainty and going into it and just being seeing, seeing the amazingness within the truth. And that truth is that everything is uncertainty and everything is impermanence. And so, you know, that helps me every single day looking at the uncertainty of the world and just being okay with it all, being seen that it's all perfect, you know, because realizing that when we do die it's not final when we do die it's just a transition mm. it's actually we're just we're, we're going home and and having felt that with plant medicines it, it you know it, I, I feel that we can't be taken advantage of by other powers who want to take advantage of mm. us being afraid of death right. and so I think yeah that that's really helped shape my perception of reality but then also shape the decisions that I make and the images that I want to show back to our people.
2: Right.
3: Which those images I feel should be about worlds that we want to envision filled with abundance, happiness and joy for our people and healing. And, you know, not not necessarily dystopian futures into the world mm. and and reliving trauma as survivors and I you know, identifying as trauma. Mm. So this film is all about healing yeah. and what's needed for healing. Right. Yes. And so, yeah, those are some of the experiences that I've experienced before and during mm. the creation of the film that,
0: that has
3: um, all, all culminated to, to what it exactly is.
0: mm Interesting, I I get the sense that all of that comes through in the film Uh, Before we go any further I just want to let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa This is Moment of Truth, I'm your host David Moses I'm talking with uh, Trevor Mack about his film Portraits from a Fire and uh, that was directed by Trevor, story is also by Trevor Mack and Derek Vermillion and uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about Derek's involvement with this in in a minute as well, uh, uh, Trevor, but before that I just want to let people know that this This film is going to be in theatres November 1st at uh, Landmark Cinemas across uh, Canada. And uh, also, it is going to be right across Canada at all major platforms uh, on uh, VOD uh, as of November 9th. I really do encourage you to check this film out. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it and want to watch it again. And uh, Trevor, you mentioned a couple of things. You had to change this about four months going into production uh it's about love yeah i i get that I, th- I think that really comes through on this you also mentioned about your own journey and what you were doing and uh so is this is this somewhat a therapeutic uh film for you as well
3: for sure the whole process it it it, it it's a death and rebirth process mm. and so the film is about essentially the death and rebirth process of healing mm where that's the process you need to go to, to to see the truth and that involves your entire reality being shattered mm. and you having to learn that ah, that's actually not the way there's been a whole nother way and i've been thinking it was the way and so with the film it, every single aspect whether it was writing production or post-production you go through so much and you learn so much, learn so much about the story, but the film, but about yourself. And within that process is how we deal with all of the different facets and aspects of making a huge movie like this, whether it's the decision-making, whether it's the um, artistic expression, whether it's the truth in the story, you're, you're testing, you're constantly testing the character of yourself and yeah, the, the, the film was, was, was definitely a healing process. And, and I'm super grateful for the, the medicine in which the crew was, and you know, whether that's the writers and then, you know, the directors of photography, the assistants, mm-hmm. the, the, the mentees, the indigenous mentees that we had from our community, or the editors or the composers everybody working together in a singular vision i think is an example of you know how we want to live in this world is a vision of the future that's bright and all working towards that that vision you know and in in the ways that we're good at Mm. and that was super inspiring especially Especially the the mentees from our, our community and seeing them every day, waking up, you know, super early and just being on set for that long. I was like, wow, these kids are amazing. And so just super honored to be surrounded by such an amazing group. So we can all go through therapy together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the other thing about that, you, you mentioned decisions and that we are sort of the culmination of our, of our decisions up until this point in our life of all the decisions we've made. I would only add to that as well as, as that we're also some of the decisions that have been made, the situation we're born into. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say.
3: Yeah, exactly. Everything's connected. There's nothing that's there's nothing that's disconnected from one another. We are part of the whole. Every decision that we make, everything and everyone, all at the same time. Whether it's even in the past, in the future, it's all nonlinear. Magic mm-hmm. exists. So it's like everything that you've heard of is true when we really think about it and get into the the first elements of reality and that the decisions that we do make they cut through matter they cut through time and you know when we do ceremony mm. and when we do pray it 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 it's there's that spiritual exponentiation and we're able to cut through matter and time and actually heal the past heal the future and the songs that we sing create new realities because everything is vibrations mm-hmm. and so when we sing in ceremony Or when our actors say lines that involve, I love you, we're actually, we're, we're still creating those realities. And so that's something that I'm, that I'm super interested in is, is, you know, how can the films be ceremony? And how can the ceremony heal? And how can we combine them? And so just looking at, I think that's the potential of indigenous cinema. Is creating those vibrations of healing through entertainment. And then in the end, we're getting those vibrations that we want, that we want the youth to resonate with and to create a better future for them. And so the decisions we're making now are going to affect the world seven generations down the line. And when we realize that, whoa, every single decision is a pretty big decision.
0: Interesting. I'm wondering if you don't mind me asking this question uh, about the filming process uh, with your cast and with uh, everyone involved. Um, because of what you're saying and, and how you were, it sounds like you were approaching this. Did, did uh, you and your, your cast or the crew or all of you do any kind of uh, a ceremony or, or trying to get yourselves into some kind of a, of a frame of mind before actually beginning uh, filming, you know, each day.
3: That's a great question. And we did have ceremony. We had um, smudges and prayers Mm -hmm. every single day. And Mm -hmm. before we, before we filmed in my, home community of Tlet Co. mm. we had my uncle um do have ceremony and then also go over some uh just speaking about who we are as Tzajkotin people to mm. the crew mm. and and so it's it wasn't as much ceremony as I think I would like but mm. it's the first project and you kind of learn so much and it's it's all happening all at the same time. So it's a yeah. lot to take in. Uh, yeah, for sure. Moving forward, for sure, having, um, you know, having one of them be the same ceremony and filmmaking, just combine them yeah. at its most, Yeah. you know, at its most extreme levels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Appreciate you sharing that. You know, you're your, uh, your sharing of your own experience and your own uh, journey, uh, your healing journey, and um, the idea of the use of uh, psilocybin and the mushrooms you were mentioning.
3: Oh, yeah. These, these medicines have been used for, for healing,
0: mm-hmm.
3: for consciousness exploration for thousands and maybe tens of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And in the 60s, you know actually there there was a huge amount of of scientific research in the tens of thousands of papers that were published in the fifties about l s d therapy psilocybin mm-hmm. therapy, mm-hmm. how they were helping alcoholics mm-hmm. helping end of life stress, mm-hmm. helping anxiety and yeah. stress but the reason why it was outlawed is because you know, the other aspects that these, that these medicines create is they dissolve boundaries. They yes. dissolve con- conceptual boundaries <laughs> yes. of reality and they show us reality for what it actually is. Mm. And, you know, in that reality, countries don't exist. Right. Money doesn't exist. Right. And, and then, you know, so many people got to think about, wait a second. There's just love, like we just need to love each other. Right. There's no countries. What are countries? What right. are what's money? Do we need that? Mm-hmm. So it got people thinking, and it got people seeing reality for what it is. And powers that be, they 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 live on the perpetuation right. of those concepts, yeah. and they were like, no, we don't want you guys to keep yeah. learning about this. So. Yeah, it was a threat. When these medicines, when these medicines do become mainstream, I'm, I'm an indigenous advisor for the Canadian Psychedelic Association. Cool. And when these medicines become mainstream, we have to remember that they're used for exploration of consciousness and reality as mm. well, not just stress yeah. and anxiety. These are such powerful sacred medicines that it's, you know, use them to explore the universe.
0: Right. Trevor, it has been fascinating speaking with you. I would really much like to uh, meet up with you out west sometime and continue our conversation, Mm -hmm. but uh, it certainly has been a pleasure talking to you about your film Portraits from a Fire, uh, directed by yourself, and the story uh, with yourself and uh, Derek Vermillion. And as I mentioned, uh, people can get to see this film. It is going to be in theaters in November, and then it's going to be right across Canada on uh, Video On Demand as of November 9th on all major platforms. So, congrats Congratulations to you on this film. So, Trevor, uh, Nyawa, Jimmy Gwech, and uh, really appreciate you joining us on the show to share about this film, Portraits from a Fire.
3: Ah, Nyawa, Jimmy Gwech, Sechanal, yeah.
0: And that is uh, Trevor Mack. He is the man behind Portraits from a Fire. As I said, that film is going to be in theaters as of November 1st. It is also going to be on video on demand across Canada on all major platforms as of November 9th. Portraits from a Fire. Check it out. And that is our show for today. Thank you for listening to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. We'll see you again tomorrow.
1: This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.